This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Well, thank you so much, Sid, and thank you all for joining us today for Messianic Vision. You're going to be so glad that you did. There are few authorities in the prophetic ministry who could offer such a global, a historical, and balanced perspective of the times and seasons of God and His dealings with the church and mankind. But today, our guest has done just that. He is the founder of Christian International Ministries and was recently featured by Charisma Magazine as one of the 40 people who have radically changed the church. Please welcome Dr. Bill Hammond. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Hammond. It's a joy being with you, Donna, and it's, it's great to be able to talk to God's people and help them understand where we are and what God's about to do on planet Earth and make sure we all get to be a part of it. I am so glad that I got to read this this new book, this teaching of yours, because I have heard pretty much all my life, I've heard bits and pieces of this information, and you really bring it together. Dr. Hammond, let's start at the beginning. How did you come to the Lord? Well, my religious background was American heathen. I was never inside of a church <laughs> before I got saved. I was raised on a 300-acre farm of peanuts, cotton, and corn, and, and uh, my dad had one religion, work, 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 work. So I had no background in church entity or Christianity, and, and so I didn't know there was a God or heaven or hell or a Bible or stuff like that. And a lady came down from Oklahoma City down to southeastern Oklahoma where, where we lived out in the country with no electricity, just really, really back there, and held a three-week revival. In the third week, I make a long story short, I went to the altar, and as I knelt there to pray, uh, I saw a vision of Jesus hanging on the cross. And he looked at me and said, I died for you. Will you live for me? Wow. And uh, I was praying, praying away there. And uh, pretty soon a little old man came over and said, that's it, brother. That's it, brother. And I wonder, what in the world is he bothering me? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm praying as hard as I can. And he said, just turn loose. I turned loose. And he said, hang on. And then he said, just talk it out. Well, when he said, talk it out, I listened to what I was saying. And I wasn't speaking Oki lingo. I was speaking another language I'd never learned, never heard. So I spoke in tongues for about 45 minutes. And that was my long time into Christianity and being a child of God. Man. Well, it didn't take you long to get into ministry either. You actually started pastoring at the early age of 19 years old. Uh, that's correct, yes. And, uh, um, you know, I only had three or four years uh, of Christianity. It was one, one year of Bible college, and, and I, I started pastoring. And, and, and I, 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 my goal was when I came out, the president of the college inflamed me with that we were the last generation. We were to change the world. We were to do all this. So I came out saying, watch out, world, here I come. I wanted to be Oral Roberts, Billy Graham, and, and, and William Branham all rolled up in one Bill Hammond. But God sent me just a little 
church that had 411 split, so to speak, and they were just hanging on. And he put this pipsqueak prophet there and trained me, made them both started working on the man before the ministry. And I was there six years, had got married and three children. So that was the beginning of my launching and starting to be what God called me to be and do. Wow. Hey, and you know what, Dr. Hammond, I know that you know and we all that are listening know that that salvation is certainly a supernatural experience, and so is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But as far as signs and wonders, um, you basically headed head on into that too when you had an angelic visitation that actually you said wrote something across your forehead. Yes, in nineteen in nineteen eighty one, I was um, uh, teaching at, at the School of the Spirit. And we'd been teaching, training, activating people in the prophetic. And I was worshiping the Lord, and I saw uh, 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 letters being emblazoned across my forehead saying power over cancer and and uh, heart problems. And um, as I was just got through watching that, brother came up to me and said, Brother, I just saw written across your forehead in lead letters, power over cancer and heart problems. I never told anyone about it because I said, God, I'm so busy prophesying with people. How what am I going to do with this? But about a month later, I uh, I told in a service, and I said, anybody here with a cancer problem? lady came forward, had reoccurring cancer that continually uh, came back to get healed and come back. And I told her about it, and she came up, and I laid hands on her, prayed for her, and rebuked the Spirit. And, and she went backwards, and the power of God got healed. And I've been in communication with her over the years. She's never had cancer again. Oh, wow. Wow, that is amazing. And, and you also prophesied to a man who had only six months to live. Yeah, I'm, you know, I prophesied to about a hundred couples that they couldn't have that couldn't have children because of different things, and they were able to had many miracles, signs, and wonders. But this one was unique because I was prophesying over this man, didn't know him at all, and his testimonies in my book on prophets and personal prophecy, and um, uh, and I prophesied to him, said God says, I heal you now and I cleanse your system and make you whole. Well, come to find out, his testimony when he laid there for an hour. Said it felt like a hose was just washing him out. Said that it, the doctors had decreed that he was inoperable blood problem, mm. uh, even in his testimony, and and um, that he was completely healed. And he went to the doctors and said he had no sign of heart problem or blood clot uh, anywhere. And uh, he was able to get life insurance six months later, went in the ministry and still alive in the ministry 40 years later. Oh, wow. Well, that is a great, great testimony. I want to talk a little bit about your prophetic ministry. Now, I, I know from what I hear and from what I read, Dr. Hammond, you have literally taught a half a million people in the prophetic and activated people through your ministry. That is amazing. You know, there was a, um, Donna, there was an old prophet. He was 64. I was 48 back in 84. And he prophesied to him and he said, in five years, there's going to be a move of God take place at your church. It's going to go around the world. Well, four years later, the prophetic movement was birthed at our conference. Uh, but he also said, then, I'm going to give you a special anointing to be a reproducer of reproducers who will reproduce reproducers. Wow. And, uh, our, our camp, prophetic camp, was the only one that taught, trained, and activated people in the prophetic. The rest of them demonstrated the prophet, but we were called, and, and, and God, when I had that vision, uh, at that when the prophetic moment was birthed, God called me up in the heavenlies 
and had me this baby. And he said, would you help me raise this baby to maturity? And he said, this baby represents the prophetic movement. And he said, I want you to take a fatherhood responsibility to raise this child up uh, to the type of prophets that Father God wants them to be. So I took a fatherhood responsibility then. That's one reason they call me the father of the prophetic movement today, because we actually started writing books, teaching materials. I wrote the book, Manual for Ministry and Spiritual Gifts. And, that, and through that book, I taught hundreds, and then the book went around the world, and we've taught people on every continent of the world, at Russia, China, everywhere. People have been taught and trained and activated to hear the voice of God and minister prophetically. Yes. I want to talk about this. You have what is known as a Sons of Issachar anointing, and I know that is probably one of the biggest reasons you're able to understand and put these things together. Exactly what is that anointing? Well, uh, Second Chronicles 12:32, uh, when it mentions all the tribes that were going to be with David when he's coming to the throne, and they came to join David, and then it mentions all the tribes, that so many thousand of this, warriors, and this, this, this. Then it mentions the tribe of Issachar, and it said there were 200 uh, sons of Issachar that knew the seasons and the times, and they were all real prophets and really understood the season and times. And that was about 1% of the total of the army that came to join together with David. And there's only just a small percentage of, uh, of the prophets. A lot of prophets move in words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning the spirits, prophetic insight on times, places, dates, people. But uh, my, my particular anointing is on the times and seasons of God. And in 1981, I produced the book Eternal Church, where I cover the whole reformation, restoration of the church and every restoration movement and people, places, and times and truths restored. And God's given me where the church comes from, where we're at, and where we're going. And what this book does, it shows you the three reformations that God has planned plan to use to help the church fulfill its destiny and purpose. You know, the church, here's a, here's a problem, Donna. Probably most always evangelical, fundamental, and Pentecostal uh, theologians and churches do see no purpose for the church except to win more to the church, and they just teach that Jesus could come anytime because all he has to do is win more souls, win more souls. But they don't see that God raised up the church to fulfill a purpose for him on earth and not just escape hell and go to heaven. Thank God that's yes. been the deal. Yes. But that was his main motivation. But he's raising up a church to fulfill his purpose. And, and, and the third reformation is the third purpose of God that he has activated here on earth. And we're just now entering into it. And I, I just want the saints to be aware of where we're at, what's going on. Now, I want them to be a part because it's, this is for everybody because the saints movement brought us to that place to where now everybody can participate. You know, I love you talking about the purposes of these three reformations of the church. And again, the name of this brand new book that you have written is called The Final Reformation and the Great Awakening, which is so, so interesting to all of us that are listening and that will be reading this book. So uh, let's talk about those purposes just briefly, and then we're going to get into where we're going now, which is the third reformation. So, Dr. Hammond, you teach the purposes of these reformations reformations of the church. What are the purposes of the three reformations? Well, the first reformation, Donna, actually uh, began when 
Gabriel came and announced to Mary that she was going to birth the child. His name would be Jesus. He'd be the Son of God. That was the beginning, the seed form, uh, the birthing of when Jesus was born. That was the birthing of the first Reformation. It took 30 years before it started being demonstrated, but that was the beginning of the first Reformation. And the first Reformation was to birth the church to establish the church and take it to the ends of the earth. And that took the first three or 400 years for that to happen. And then we went, then the church started going down in the dark ages in the 500 AD, like Jesus, Peter, and, and Jude all talked about the falling away of the church. And so the church started going from a, a spiritual church to a structural, religious, formal, uh, traditional church that had that, that pretty well killed all the life and effects of the ministry. And we had the thousand-year dark age, so 1500. Yes. And then Jesus started the second reformation. And the second reformation was the purpose of restoring all those truths and ministries that were lost during the thousand-year dark age back to the New Testament standard. And so that took from 1500 to 2007 when we had the uh, saints movement was the last move of God of the restoration movement. And that was to restore all of these truths and ministry back. And then 2008, a uh, 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 trumpet was sounded in the heaven, an announcement was made from heaven on earth, and a prophet echoed on it. The third and final church reformation had begun, and its purpose is to fulfill all prophecy, fulfill all scriptures, fulfill all things that have to be. And in this, in this third reformation, my, it's going to be miracles, signs, wonders. So what's going to happen in that? And that's what the last part of the book is about. Is what is going to happen during the Third Reformation. You know, I love the word that you have used in your book, too, when you say that God's purpose for the Third Reformation is to activate the church into all restored truth and demonstrate. Ah, I love a good action word, activate and demonstrate the kingdom of God. I, I love that so much. G give me a definition. What is Reformation? Well, in, the, in, in, a, in a Reformation, you have revivals, you have restoration movements, uh, you have uh, awakenings, you, you have uh, refreshings, you have many, many things happen in a Reformation. But a Reformation is where God changes or begins a whole new purpose, a whole new era of his purpose. And so the first Reformation took us from Judaism, from the law, to the church, the grace and truth, and launched that. And then uh, the second Reformation took us from the Dark Age, like it did Israel out of Egypt. It took about the Egyptian period of the church of dead works and formalism, slavery to dead works, and started a whole new fo focus and purpose to God to accomplish in his church, and that was to restore the church back to full power, authority, wisdom, and grace, anointing, demonstration, because God has a purpose for the church. And the scripture I used, Donna, to help people understand that, that most people don't realize, Acts 3.21, which says, Jesus ascended back to heaven, and that is held in the heavens until, until mm -hmm. the restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. And so people say, well, Jesus could come any time. No, Peter said, no, he's held in the heavens until. Until. And I asked people, you know, people said, well, he can come anytime. I said, is Jesus God? Yes. I said, can God do anything about it once? Yes. I said, well, do you believe Jesus wants to return? Yes. Well, if he's God and he wants to return, why hasn't he? He's held in the heavens until the restoration 
of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. And the third reformation, the second reformation, fulfilled all the prophecies about Jesus said, I will build my church. Well, like the days of Ezra and Nehemiah, when the, Israel, the temple had been destroyed and they had to clear the foundation and rebuild it, well, Martin Luther, with his movement, uh, the Protestant movement, cleared the foundation of dead works and started justification of faith and being born again. And that started the Reformation, uh, restoration of the church during the Second Reformation. But now all those truths that were in the New Testament are restored. And now the Third Reformation, God's calling on the church, not just preachers, but every saint to arise and become believers. And believers cast out devils, heal the sick, and, and do the works of Christ, not just prophets and apostles and preachers. And uh, so we're now in that third reformation. And my passion is to get every saint conscious of the fact that you're, if you're going to be a full believer in this day and hour, God's called you to demonstrate, and, act, and God wants to activate you into doing the works of Christ. And Mark said, these signs shall follow them that are really believers, full believers. They will cast out devils, and they will heal the sick, speak in new tongues, and do the wonderful works of God. So I asked people, I said, how many, how many devils have you cast out, lady, of anybody besides yourself? You know? <laughs> it's, time, it's time to become a believer. And I believe every believer that will move in the present truth, walking God's present truth, will be demonstrated. And, and the average believer will be like the greatest evangelist today. Well, let me take just a minute right here and let you know about this amazing and powerful resource that Dr. Hammond has prepared for you. It's his brand new book, The Final Reformation and The Great Awakening. Now, he is also preparing and developing a brand new and exclusive three CD audio teaching series. He is going to be sharing with us what God has shown him for the future and how we need to prepare for it. So that will be exciting. And just remember, as always, Sid will be here at the end of the program to let you know exactly how you can get this. So be sure to listen for Sid at the end. Dr. Hammond, this is, this is so much wonderful information. It sounds to me like the third and final reformation that you're talking about is all about the kingdom. Yes, um, Jesus told us to pray you know, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Rapture's out as soon as you can so we can get to heaven real quick. No, <laughs> he didn't. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Did Jesus actually tell us to pray that his kingdom would come and his will be done on earth as in heaven? Now, uh, dispensationists have projected that off just the millennial reign. And we know there's a literal kingdom, a thousand-year millennial reign, uh, that when we talk about the kingdom age, but that's coming. But right now we're in this preparations and to spread the kingdom to the ends of the earth and demonstrate the kingdom of God until every nation becomes a goat or sheep nation and God's glory fills the earth as the waters cover the sea. So in 2018, the glory started coming and it's going to increase and increase and increase. And, and God's getting his people ready. And I, I, I charge people, if you haven't been, if you, haven't, if you haven't experienced all the restoration truths of being born again, baptized in water, sanctified, healed, filled with the Spirit, <laughs> anointed, 
full of the Holy Ghost. If you haven't got all those experiences, get those experiences because those are the ones God's going to use in this day and hour. And every believer is going to become like a, the major evangelist. You're going to, it's going to be common for saints just to pray for the sick, cast out devils to heal. I mean, it's a way of life. It's, it's we're part of this divine nature. That it's just natural, divinely natural for saints to speak in tongues, to heal the sick, and to cast out devils. That's just who we normally should be. Instead of making it just some great evangelist or some great prophet, we're going to come to the place that every saint in every area of every every culture, business, government, education, ever, are going to be prophetic, going to be apostolic. They're going to be powerful evangelistic. They're going to be all demonstrators of God's glory. Not everybody have the same ability of power, wisdom, anointing, but everybody's going to be something. The days of just... I, you know, what I tell people, I'm going to get you off your cruise ship and get you on your battleship, get you <laughs> done and blow the devil out of your life, out of your ministry, out of your church. And God's going to see his glory manifest. And God's looking for demons, demonstrators of who he is and what he is that until people will say, no God like Jehovah Jesus, not Muhammad, not, not Muslimism, not humanism, not any other Islamism. Jesus is only one that's Lord God. And the church is going to demonstrate it and there'll be more souls saved in this time of the third reformation that's already been saved in the whole church age. We're getting ready for the greatest harvest ever with the greatest manifestations of glory ever recorded in church history. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, can I just say a big amen on that one? You're just about to make me shout over here, Dr. Hammond. <laughs> so <laughs> that is awesome. So this, this kingdom mentality, this kingdom mentality that you're talking about to where we are activated, we are demonstrating, this this is everybody. And oh, I love this so much that, that you said we should be doing the, the prayer. Lord, I believe it. You have activated me. I want to demonstrate it. Start with me, Lord. Start with me. So for all those people that are listening to us today, talk to them for a minute and tell them it's time for them to say, start with me, Lord. Yeah. You know, just like you believe the Lord to save you, you know, Mark 16 says, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. And these signs will follow those that really come to full faith. They will cast out demons. They will heal the sick. They'll speak in new tongues. We're just like you've done all of that, now move to the next level. You, you, see, don't judge your past, your future by your past. We're in a new era of Christianity. We're in a new time of grace. We're in a new time of anointing. You can do now in the third reformation what you couldn't do last time. So don't judge your, don't think, well, I've tried that and I've tried that and I can't. No, no, this is a new day. And if you're not around preachers and ministers and Christians that are Treating, training, activating the saints. We've taught, trained, and activated over half a million people to hear the voice of God and to minister the supernatural. And and this is this is the day of the saints. This is the day that the church is coming forth. They have the one man show is over. And listen, each and every one of you, if you are born again, blood washed, baptized saint, you have Christ in you. You have the power of God in you, and God wants to bring you forth. God's been speaking to some of you there, and then you've been stirred in your spirit, and you're saying, God, I've heard this. I want to do this, but I don't know how. But listen, you start praying. I wrote the book on 70 reasons for praying in tongues. That's one of the main reasons you pray in the Spirit and get revelation and get knowledgeable of what God's doing. God wants to use you. And, and, and it's not all just supernatural in the sense of 
spooky spiritual way out there, healing miracles. There's practical things you can do. Uh, you know, God wants you to just do practical things, like go to the police department and say, what can we do to help? If you're a pastor, what could our church do to help uh, help you there? Uh, what about the government? Get in, if you're in government, be influential in that. I mean, it, it's all the way from practical to supernatural. But for children of God, everything's supernatural. Go and move by the Spirit of God and not by the flesh. And so I want to encourage you, and I just speak right now into you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you'll come to know your calling and your destiny, and you're not going to be just a run-of-the-bill normal Christian anymore. You're going to be a supercharged, Holy Ghost anointed, dedicated, committed Christian, and you're saying, Lord, your will be done in and through me, just like it did through Jesus. And you're let the life of Christ be made manifest in my mortal flesh and mortal body. And right now, in Jesus' name, I speak that into your spirit, and God providentially work it out where they can get exposed and activated and anointed to be able to fulfill it and hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Yes. You fulfilled your membership ministry. You demonstrated my kingdom. Now come in and co-labor with me forever in our eternal home. Lord, I just believe you to raise up those that hears this to come forth to be kingdom demonstrators, kingdom enforcers in this day and hour. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know what that makes me want to say, Dr. Hammond? It makes me want to say, start with me, Lord. Start with me. Well, I want to talk just for a minute about this teaching that a lot of us have heard that talks about seven major nations that Israel had to conquer before they could move on. I think a lot of people call it the seven mountain prophecy. Talk to us just a moment about that. Yeah, Deuteronomy 7, God told Joshua, uh, there are seven major nations that you got to overcome. They've been there for hundreds of years. they got walled cities. Uh, there have been warriors all their life, and you've only had a couple of skirmishes, and you've been slaves for 400 years. But don't, And they're mightier than you are in the natural, but don't worry about it. I'm going to be the great equalizer. I'm going to fight <laughs> for you. And so I, I tell people, and I show them 15 times, God said, I'll fight for you, I'll fight for you. Now, listen, those scriptures on God fighting for you never came to pass, really, in a great way until they crossed Jordan and went into Canaan. And the third reformation has brought us across Jordan. We're in Canaan now. The church restorationally, progressively, is in Canaan. We've entered the battle, and we won't stop until the kingdom of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ. I hope somewhere in there I'm raptured to get my immortal body to finish the job, but I'll labor as long and as far as God wants me to do it until it gets done. So I want you to know that there is a move of God right now to bring us into that realm. And those seven nations, is talking about the seven cultures of life, uh, business, government, education, uh, entertainment, uh, sports, all this, and all the fields, God's going to raise up people. And I want you to know you can be prophetic and apostolic. You can be all that right in those areas. Listen, uh, my main ministry over the years is to restore the prophets, raise up the prophets, teach and train the prophets. And 90% of the prophets never function in the temple. They were farmers. They were business people. Daniel was a second man in a whole Nebuchadnezzar empire, you know, and, and, and Joseph uh, was a, worked with Egypt and there. I mean, it doesn't matter your position. You can be, you can be a full-time child of God 24-7, wherever you are. And, and the 
gifts of the Spirit and the power of God is not limited to the church, inside the church, or in a religious service. God's there to words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and stuff to witness to people. And God's going to raise up people like Esther was in, in Persia and, and, and like uh, Deborah in, in Israel, uh, men and women of God that's going to be key influencers and, and to the president and to the kings. And, and the Bible says when Jesus comes back, the first thing he's going to do is set on the throne of his glory and separate the goat nations from the sheep nations. That means there's going to be some nations that are goat nations and some are sheep. Sheep, he says, are able to continue on into the millennial age and, and, uh, and be on earth, but the wicked nations are going to be cast into hell. And so, therefore, God's raising up, going to raise up people to influence kings and leaders and, and governments and heads of corporations. And God's raising up a, a people. I've met some people over in Asia and Europe, different ones that have a vision to touch the nations and touch people. Some of them are wealthy people. Some are great entrepreneurs. And God's stirring people to awakening people all over. And God's going to give every nation one more chance to see that, behold, Jesus Christ is Lord. And it's going to be such a demonstration by the prophets and apostles and even the saints of God's glory and power that they're going to realize there's no God to compare to Jesus Christ. But the church is not demonstrating him like that. But we are about to demonstrate it all over the earth. It's going to shake things up. You think things have been shaken. Get ready. There's a shaking coming that's going to cause this earth to realize there's one true God, Jesus Christ, and the church is God's body, and it's his people, and they're going to demonstrate his glory. And Daniel says, and the saints take the kingdom. The saints demonstrate the kingdom. And then it says, powers or government are given to the saints, and the kingdom of this world will end up becoming the kingdom of our Lord and Christ. I don't know how much we're doing our mortal bodies, how much we're doing our immortal. Don't make any difference. We're going to do it. Let's get ready for yes. it. And I bless you to yes. Amen. Yes, yes. And you know, that is so encouraging to me because you know this and I know this. I'll never be a Dr. Bill Hammond, but all of us operate in one of these seven cultural influence areas. So we don't have to be a Dr. Bill Hammond. You're, you're doing that very well. But wherever we are, wherever our sphere of influence is, in all of these, these seven cultural areas, we can operate in those. My audio engineer can operate in that. He can operate in arts and entertainment and business. Just uh, uh, me as a television producer, those that uh, work a corporate job, wherever you operate in any of these cultural areas, that is our place to, to be activated and to demonstrate the kingdom of God. That is encouraging. Amen. Well, we're, you know, we're not rewarded based on how, how many books we've written, how many nations we've traveled to, how many people know our name. Our, our reward is based on how faithful we are to the special ministry God's given us just as a member of the body of Christ. A, a, a little saint can be doing faithful and obeying, fulfilling God more, and get a greater reward than some evangelist that looks like the greatest man in the world because he's got five talents, he's only using three, and this one had one, and they're faithfully using the one and doing plus. And so it's not who you are, it's not who you are in the world, it's who you are in Christ. And you don't have to, you know, nobody has to know your name beyond six people. Yes. And yet you'll get a great reward if you faithfully do and be all that God wants you to be. And you don't have to be anybody but who God's called you to be. I had to learn that in my early days of ministry. <laughs> I'd watch or TV and others, and I, I get so frustrated. I'm pastoring this little group of people, and I should be out there doing this and that and the other. I should be doing that at 22. What I'm doing here is 
87. <laughs> and, and, and I get so frustrated. And finally, God said, Bill Hammond, find out what I called you to be and what you to do, and you don't have time to be jealous or resentful or jealous of other people. You, you'll be so busy doing your own work, you don't have time to compare yourself with others. Besides, Paul says that to compare themselves with others, not too smart because no two are alike, and God's called to have a sin of it. So let me encourage you. Just find out what God's called you to do and do it well, and you'll be well rewarded. Yes, yes. Well, that sounds pretty exciting to me. Well, we've talked about these seven nations, which have been correlated to these these mountains of cultural influence. So we've talked about seven. Let's talk about the number eight. Isaiah 2, 2 says, and the house of the Lord shall build, be built on the top of the mountains. So we so uh, different different writers have, uh, and, and we call them culture influencers, but uh, mountains. Because talking, so we talk about seven mountains or these seven different cultures: business, government, education, et cetera, et cetera. But on the top of that is the seventh mountain, the eighth mountain, which is the kingdom of God. We used to have a great big chart uh, on our ch- church wall, and it showed the seven kingdoms of this world, and then it showed the kingdom of God, uh, the eighth kingdom, over all those kingdoms. Because Daniel 7 and verse uh, 14, 15, 18, 22, and 27 to 29 says that the kingdom of God shall take the kingdom, and all kingdoms, tribes, nations, and tongues will serve the kingdom of God in that day when all is subdued under the King Jesus. So uh, these these, these mountains or cultures, uh, that means everyone and every nation and every area, if they believe God, trust God, they can be used of God to demonstrate the kingdom of God. And that's what God said. It's time for the kingdom and pray. Jesus didn't say, pray that I get to heaven as soon as I can. Jesus <laughs> never told us to get out. He told us to demonstrate. There's two, two, There's three scriptures on going up. There's 30, there's 30 scriptures on growing up. And if we don't do some growing up and demonstrating the kingdom, we won't be seeing any much growing, growing up because we can't go up until all things are restored according to Acts 3.21 and Hebrews 10.13. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you that are listening, but I am sure getting a lot of great information in this interview with Dr. Hammond. I think we've already had about six sermons in this, Dr. Hammond. Man, I don't know anybody that that can pack it in like you can as far as just delivering the Word of God. So thank you for that. So, So the number eight, what does that mean? Eight is a number of new beginning. David was the eighth uh, son of Jesse. He was a new beginning for Israel. Uh, Jesus uh, was resurrected on uh, the first day of the week, and uh, that's the reason we meet on on Sunday. And um, on and on, eight, eight, eight. There's just a lot of eights in the Bible, and all theologians uh, agree eight is a number of new beginning. And so uh, we're in a new beginning. And we're in about the eighth of the major moves of God, and and uh, it's exciting what God's doing. And uh, you know, and also you know, I tell people every two thousand years God's changed the order of things. When God kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden, as the year zero started, started the age of the uh, mortal man and the sinful fallen man. And two thousand years later. God started the Hebrew race through Abraham and a special race to demonstrate who God is, how God's laws and coverings, et cetera, et cetera. Then 2,000 years after that, Jesus came and started the 
uh, church race from Jew and Gentile, and we expect 2,000 years after that, and the kingdom race in its final, the final end result of uh, the Third Reformation will be what they call the rapture of the church, or they call the change in a moment between them and I, and the church going from the mortal church to the immortal church. But we've got a lot to do between now and then. That's the reason in the section on the Third Reformation of the book, I cover about 10 or 15 things that's yet got to be fulfilled and accomplished before Jesus can make us immortal. So therefore, we need to get up and get busy and get the job done. If you want Jesus to come quickly, it says this gospel of the kingdom must go to all the world for a witness. Then the end shall come, Matthew 24, 14. So if you want the end to come, you say, come, Lord Jesus. He said, well, demonstrate my kingdom so I can, <laughs> and fulfill prophecy so I can. And uh, in Acts and Hebrews 10, 13, it says, after Jesus made the one perfect sacrifice, he ascended to the Father, sat down to the right hand of the Father, waiting. Waiting, mm. waiting until all enemies are made his foot to. And I ask people, who is Jesus waiting to make the image his foot to? Not his father, not the angels, not the cherubim, not the servant, his body, the church. And yes. he's waiting on the church to fulfill all scriptures, subdue all things. And then he comes back as king of kings and lord of lords and sets up the kingdom all the earth. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. I know you described Reformation a little earlier, that it's a time when God makes a major shift in the church to accomplish specific purposes. So we are moving into that and we are transitioning into this new Christian era of the church. It's it's God's purposes for the third Reformation and a transition into the new Christian era. Yeah. Yeah, like we said earlier, the first Reformation transitions from Judaism to Christianity. The second Reformation is uh, to the Reformation, uh, restoration of the church. And the third Reformation is transformation from a restoration of the church to the demonstration of the kingdom. Yes. Now, all church truths must now be taught and trained and activated in the saints until every saint is demonstrating what they've received, what they believe, and what they have. And you have to be a present truth saint to have that, but do that. But we're transitioning. But now, uh, I want to emphasize to people, do not judge your past, your future on your past, because we're in a new era. There's new power. There's new authority. There's new anointing. There's new grace. And, and you're going to have a second chance to really get out there. So if you actually step out in faith, and you're going to find gifts of the Spirit will operate through your life. And if you don't, if you don't know how, you know, we have training uh, spring and fall every time people to activate. We activate them to how to manifest their gifts that they have. And this is a time to get activated. It's not a time just to be in your rocking chair. Get off your cruise ship. Get on your warship and get <laughs> to your guns and blow the devil out of the life and ministry and, and put your armor on and get your suit on. And and uh, and, uh, and if you're sitting on your rocking chair saying, come, Lord Jesus, jump back up, put your armor on, get out to battle. We've got things to accomplish and fulfill. And, and it's power to do it now. It wasn't there yesterday. I'm telling you, if you will move into it, it's going to be so much easier. And where you couldn't work before, it'll do it. And God's raising up nobodies to do somebody, do some new great things. So I want to encourage you. There's, there's power, there's authority, there's grace, there's wisdom, there's anointing, there's giftings. And, and the Lord is eyes of the Lord. The Bible says they're running to and fro, seeking those who have a heart to be used and that he might demonstrate his power to him. God wants to show his power. God wants to demonstrate. And if you'll just say, Lord, I want to, I'm willing, Lord, I don't know all about this, 
but what I believe there's things I can do and I can be. I prophesied this to people, and they've gone and, and, and opened doors, and God just opened up areas and do it. You, you can't just sit around and wait till it happens. You've got to start believing. Jesus says, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Ask, and you shall receive. He didn't say sit around moaning and going and murmuring and complaining. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about <laughs> me. I'm not doing anything. Get out of the mully grubs. Get out of the murmuring and complaining. Get, you know, get out of your Elijah pit. Get back on the battlefield, and God will reveal like Elijah. God came to Elijah. He was in a pit, in a pit, in a pity party, and he said, "What are you doing in here?" And he said, "Well," and he's trying to explain the same old problem. Why was there? He said, "Get out of the cave. Get out of here, and let me talk to you and reassign you." So get out of your pit. Get out like Elijah. Get a new assignment, and get out and do some great work for God. You're called to do much more than you've been doing, even if you're a preacher for 40 years. There's more for it. <laughs> I've been a preacher for. 68 years, and I still receive prophecies and still believe for more to do more. And I'm going to press on, preach till 95, and then decide whether I go up or go on. There and you I'm go. Going to press on <laughs> to accomplish it. So I want to all you youngins under 80, get up there and believe God for great things. And if you're in your 80s, believe it for two. Amen. I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. And you got to live till you die. And let's us live victorious. Let's live full of faith. And let's quit sitting around thinking about it. Let's do it. And you say, well, how? You won't know how. And Jesus said, if any man will do my will, you got to do his will. And now get up and obey and do it. Then he'll show you how. You take the first step, he'll show you the second, the third, and the fourth. But you don't sit around waiting until it's all figured out for you. you got to have faith to make yourself available. And God says, I'm looking for you. If you'll get up and move, I'll walk with you and show you the way and demonstrate my glory through you. And that's what you want to do. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to say an amen on that one. <laughs> you sound pretty excited about that, and I, I think you're probably firing us up that are listening to you uh, talk today. It sounds to me like you said that every single one of us has the ability to manifest the supernatural in a miraculous way. And during this new era that we have moved into, it's time for us to, this is the way you put it, be the church 24-7. Just right. be 24-7. Be the church 24-7. I love that. And you'll, never, and you'll never start any younger or any prettier. You've reached your peak. You know, <laughs> come on. <laughs> it's time to jump in, isn't it? Dr. Hammond, wow, this is pretty exciting. Describe these Third Reformation saints. What are they like? Well, in my book, Day of the Saints, that I wrote about the Saints movement, I said, God's raising up a Joshua generation, a Caleb, a Caleb attitude people, and a, and and a, and a, and a Gideon's three hundred that are the most. The, the devils never had to face the generation he's about to have to face. I know they look at our young people today and they're just so weird and weighed out doing different things. But those are new day dawning now, and there's going to be a people. They're going to be the most radical, fanatical, all out for Jesus, <laughs> devil-hating, Jesus-loving, God-fearing. They've come to level number three. The Bible says we overcome in three levels, the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and loving not our lives unto the death. And that's where we've, this generation, they've come to that level. They're not, they're not going to be afraid of death. They're not going to be worried about themselves. They're like what I say in my last book called Your Highest Calling, hmm. which is to be conformed to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ, that God's, they're coming to the place that uh, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And it says, if God be for me, who can be against me? And, and the devil has never had to face this generation. And I know there's devils being loose. 
loose that's been held back for this day and hour, but there's angels also that's been held back, big war angels, and greater is he that's with us than he that's with them. And and, and there's this generation. I'm I'm trying to raise up this generation, the most fearless, bold, daring, uh, dedicated, committed, all out, not religious, but Christ-centered, Christ-living. And there's a generation coming up right now for that. God will make a way and open the doors for you to get activated, trained, and equipped to be all that God's called you to be because he wants it more than you want it. You just make yourself available, and you will be, this time next year, so busy doing things for God. You'll be excited and praising God for it. Yes, yes, yes. Let me ask you this quick question, and then we're going to let everybody know again how they can get this powerful package of resources that you prepared. But but just quickly, you mentioned Joshua and Caleb earlier. What do you mean when you said we should take the Caleb attitude? Well, I had several prophecies that I would have the Caleb anointing. Well, when Caleb Caleb went in to spy out the land, uh, when Moses sent the 12 spies in, and he represented the tribe of Judah, and Joshua, uh, I think he represented the tribe of Manasseh, one of the Pesach, but uh, he, he went in and then spied out the land. And then remember, the people wouldn't believe their good report. They believed the bad report of the 10 spies, and they rebelled to go in, and God had to change their personal policy from possessing Canaan to wandering the wilderness till they all die off. And uh, so now, now, 40 years later, Joshua's commanded to go into the land of Canaan. All the deadheads have died off. And now they're in the land of Canaan, and they've come after five years of uh, warfare. They've come to his area, and he says, Joshua, this is the area I spied out. And Moses prophesied to me or promised me that I could have this territory to be mine. And he says, and I'm ready to fight for it. And he says, though I'm 80 and five years old, I'm still a warrior like I was 40 years ago. Let me go and possess it. And uh, he said, that was out of here. In other words, my age my situation don't make any difference. I want to possess my promised inheritance. And you said, this would be my inheritance, and I'm claiming my inheritance. And I, I'm, I'm the same way. And, and, and so you need that Caleb attitude and that Joshua warrior spirit. And then be like the Gideon 300, the 22,000, you know, they were afraid. They were nervous about going against 300,000, and, and they didn't think— uh, they didn't like the message, and, and so uh, Joshua uh, Jack, uh, Gideon said, "All you mama boys, go home." And all the all of them, all of them went home that were nervous and fearful. Then he took them down to the water and said, "All you that are selfish, I'm going to see which one's which." And those that held the spear in one hand and laughed like a dog with their hand on the other, uh, he chose those in 300 out of 10,000. And then the 300 said, "We're ready to go." And impossible odds. It's it's un, it's it's ridiculous. Three hundred going against three hundred thousand. But God said a thousand. Once you put a thousand to flight and two ten thousand. So God said, let me demonstrate. Let me take three hundred and whip three hundred thousand and show you that a thousand can whip a, 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 a one can whip a thousand on average. So anyhow, they they went against impossible odds. They had. They, they didn't consider the fact that they could be dead in 24 hours if they exposed themselves to those 300,000 below. They believed God for the supernatural. They believed God to do what they couldn't do, and they went forth and did it. So if you want to be a Gideon 300 or a Caleb attitude and a Joshua spirit or a David's attitude of, of taking the kingdom and demonstrating the kingdom and fulfilling all the Abrahamic promises, God's raising up that generation. And you can be a wimp. 
and just uh, stay home and mum and complain and, and feel bad and, and feel sorry for yourself and hope to make it into heaven or you can rise up and become a warrior and be a co-laborer with Jesus Christ and, and, and get to be co-laborer with him because we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus if we rise in bed. And I want to fulfill my joint heirship yes. and not just... People say, if I can just make it into heaven, well, you'll be happy if you make it into heaven, but I don't want to just make it in. Jesus didn't just try to make it. He did all the way. He went all the way for me. I want to go all the way for him. I want to be everything I can be, die to self, live for God, do everything I can do that God gives me grace, wisdom, and power to do. And I'm praying that you will too, because God's day and God's hour. It's no accident you're listening to this podcast. God wanted to grab your attention. God wanted to stir your spirit. He wants to give you vision. He wants to give you hope. He wants to give you hope and a vision. And I sense in the spirit, there's several out there listening right now. You've kind of been despairing. You kind of give up hope. Not just because of the COVID lockdown, you got separated, but you just doesn't sense of, you don't have that sense of fulfillment, a sense of accomplishment. What am I doing for God? God wants to waken you up. He's stirring your nest. You're like the little eagle that the mother eagle is stirring the nest and you're sitting on thorns. Get out and fly. You know, it wasn't called to sit in the nest all your life. You're called to spread your wings and fly like the eagle. And you can do things now. You're an eagle ready to fly before you're in the nest. But it's time to get out of the nest, stretch your wings and find out those heavenly places in Christ Jesus you can traverse and you can move in the spirit. You can cast out devils. You can heal the sick. You can give the word of the Lord. I mean, all things are possible to those that believe and are willing to get out and be willing to be used of God and make preparation for it. So I'm praying that you will be rise up to a part of this. God's raised up an army. Not yes. old folks home. Yeah. And yes. That's going to do warfare for him. So get out of your walking chair and get out of your bed and get out of your comfort zone and get out there on the front line and join the army and go through the military training, learn your weapons of warfare, and you'll be mighty soldiers in the army of the Lord. Yes, yes. Well, let me take just a second here and let everyone that's listening know that, Dr. Hammond, you have prepared this package. It's powerful. Uh, It's revelatory. You will not find this information any other place. His brand-new book is called The Final Reformation and the Great Awakening. I guarantee you it will change your life. And he's also preparing an exclusive three-CD audio teaching series, and he's going to be sharing with us what God has shown him for the future and how we can prepare for this. Now, I always tell you that Sid's at the end of the program, and he can let you know exactly how you can get this. You can get it for yourself or for your family, for your small group, maybe even your church library, because like so many of our leaders today have said, this will definitely be a classic for generations to come. So I want you to be sure and get that today. All right, just a couple quick questions here, Dr. Hammond, and we are going to let you go. I don't know. Maybe we'll just keep you all day. But anyway, last last question. <laughs> last question, or should I say the next to the last question is, it sounds like to me that you think that the greatest days of the church are still ahead of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, it's a glorious church. It just says it's going to have a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Glorious means powerful, majestic, uh, authoritative, fulfilling. And, and and Jesus said, I will build my church. Yes. Well, the early apostles started building the church, and they got it going. They laid the foundation and said, apostles laid the foundation, and they started spreading. But then, like the days of Israel, uh, the temple was torn down, 
and it was just a rubble on it. And then in, in 1500, the Second Reformation started clearing the temple and started rebuilding it floor by floor with each restoration movement uh, from the Protestant movement uh, and, 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 you know, in 1500 to the evangelical movement, 1600, the Holiness movement, 1700, the Divine Healing movement, 1800, the Pentecostal movement, 1900, the Restoration movement, and the Charismatic movement, the 60s, Faith movement, the 80s, Prophetic, Apostolic, and the 80s, Saints movement, and 2007. And now we've got all of this for the Third Reformation to demonstrate and declare God's glory and God is going to have a people that's going to do it, and you can become one of those people. Yes, yes. Well, I want to get you to pray for our people that are listening today before we leave. Uh, and uh, there's something that, that I love that you say. You know, basically, it's kind of like a bottom line. Go ahead, be an overcomer, and make the transition, and don't allow anything to keep you from being a participant in this divine time of reformation. Will you pray for everyone listening? Yes, amen. <clears throat> Jesus, you prayed in John 17. John recorded your prayer that you prayed for the church. And you said, Lord, you said, Father, I pray not just for these, but for those that believe on me later. And Lord, we're those that believe later. And you want us to be in doing in the that the, the epistles tell us all that we have, all that we can do, all that you've given us. Now, Lord, I pray right now, like Paul prayed for the Ephesian Christians in Ephesians 1, uh, 17, 18, where he said, I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation may rest upon you, that you may know your calling and what is exceeding greatness of the power made available to us who believe. Now, Lord, let their eyes be open, let their hearts be stirred, and Lord, you said, everyone that seeks shall find. And you said, call upon me, and I'll show you great and mighty things that you know not of. Now, Lord, I release a faith, a zeal, and a wisdom right now into those that are hungry for God to be able to do it and open the doors that they need and make the way for them to be taught, trained, activated, and yes. come into their destiny and ministry and fulfill all that you called them to be and do. We agree to it, and we decree it. Receive it now in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Dr. Hammond, I, I thank you so much for spending this special time with us today. We appreciate you. We appreciate your ministry. And we can't wait to, to read this book, to hear these teachings. It's your brand new book called The Final Reformation and the Great Awakening. And this three CD audio teaching series that you have prepared about what God has shown you for the future and how we can prepare for it. So thank you so much, and thank you everyone for listening today. And now here's Sid Roth to tell you how you can get this powerful package by Dr. Bill Hammond today. Sid? This world has entered a brand new era, the last of the last days. Many of today's church leaders and the generals of the faith say Dr. Bill Hammond's brand new book, The Final Reformation and Great Awakening, will become a classic for generations to come. It's captivating, a masterpiece, they say. What is the church's role in this final season? What is your role? How do we become demonstrators and enforcers of God's kingdom on earth? Dr. Hammond answers these questions and many more. Call now for Dr. Bill Hammond's brand new book, 
the final reformation and the great awakening, Dr. Hammond has also prepared a brand new and exclusive three CD audio teaching series called What's Coming? The Future and How to Prepare for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. This profit's profit will equip you for everything you need in these last days. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org, S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9773. Once again, the offer number is 9773.